I put it in there as an episode on October 27th. So, so <clears throat> now I don't know what to talk about. Are we actually going to record or no? It's recording right now, dude. Oh, really? Yeah. The red light's on when the red record light's on. All right. And then I think I got to back up a little bit. See, like this little red thing? It's telling me I'm... Oh, yeah, you're overloading her, dude. We got to turn them down a little bit. Or you got to sit back. back. Oh, oh, even sitting back, it turns up red. Just Did you read any of the manual on that thing at all? Didn't come with one. Are you shitting me? I swear to God. <laughs> so here's for our mic, and it shows but you there's like... There's a freaking manual right there. We can adjust the difference on the mics, like... I think you need to turn yours up just a little bit, dude. Turn Honestly. my mic up? Yeah, I would say uh, just a hair. Maybe it's okay. For... Red no, like, easy now. Jeez, easy on the levers. Just a little bit. Maybe like that. Yeah. But I mean, So we're set right now to flat response, down or up, down, and a straight bar across. We can switch these. I don't know if, what bass roll off or the okay. presence boost All right, is. Well, these little these are for like big time DJs like in New York and shit. Maybe, but maybe the I need a voice with like a, a fucking boost I roll off. Hey, I doubt we're going to have fucking P. Diddy on this show. So, so. All right, we'll leave them all their preset to fucking <laughs> flat response, and that's going to be good enough for us. Well, yeah, what? we might have so fucking Brock's. P. Diddy. Paige thought she was P. Diddy when I met her. She'd fucking wave her plastic around. She'd say, it's just plastic. P. Diddy. Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's since we're doing an intro to the show, let's talk. Let, let's Rots, what's this show going to be about? This show's just going to be about whatever is on our mind, really, but hopefully what's on our mind pertains to some interesting interesting stuff. shit that's going around, going on in the world. I'll, that... I'll, I'll tell you my, my view is, uh, my view on this show, I would like to use this show as a vehicle to promote, vehicle? A, to promote a little bit more unity, uh, even though we got our differences, our, our goal with the show ultimately was to kind of bring people together right rots i mean really we really do we want to talk about some of these issues yeah and uh but we don't want to end the conversation in our argument I mean, we with, never uh, will. in an ego trip argument no, type we, that too many people do these days they just they get mad they get uh take it personal get defensive and then then the conversation's yeah. over and then the rational conversation's done and you it's <laughs> i think our egos our egos need to go out the window i i you know Brats, the reason when I asked you to do the show is I know you don't have no ego. You I know, got, I got a little bit of an ego. Well, maybe a little I bit. We I all mean, got a little bit of an ego, just maybe being a, humans, but you maybe know. a little bit. But I think the big thing is, is you're a lot of times in this big, big world. I mean, we have technology that makes the world seem so small, but in this big world, your your opinion really doesn't matter. It's your actions that that make a difference, you know, honestly. And I mean, you know, when we all realize that we really probably should work together, you look at history, people that get divided always get conquered. I think we all need to work together. You know, there's there, right now in Roseau, there's, I know there's people that because of this political divide, and I don't want this to all be about politics, but I will tell you, we need to figure out solutions to our problems instead of magnifying our problems by all we do is talk about our problems. You know, and and we're not going to solve all the world's problems on this show. Yeah, but that that makes money. Talking about them on the news makes that news I station money, and that's what they need. They want damn near fucking reality shows instead it is, of news it stations. Is, it is, days, it is. You know? All of them are guilty of it. So, Fox News, CNN. I can't watch any of them anymore. I, I can't even watch the morning news. I mean, the worst story sells the most 
copies of the paper. That's been true forever, you know? Yeah, it's not like the it's a new thing. The biggest headline. It's not like it's a new thing, but, you know, and uh, another thing we want to talk about is, like, you know, on this show is a um, little bit of agricultural uh, technologies with, in, you know, mixed with some innovation in the industries. Maybe, like, more solutions to some of the issues we see and and also we're going to talk about sports and hockey. We're going to talk about a lot of hockey. Whatever comes up, hey, if it's uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, we're going to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals a little bit. Yeah, I'm not real big. Or I am if not. there's even going to be a hockey season and what it's going to look like. Yep. Or how about music? Are we ever going to be able to go oh, to a yeah. concert again? Well, I, know? I I really want to cover some music on. We're going to do uh, concerts on screens, lot like they do at sporting do events now. They oh got God, people dude. sitting there, or you know. Dude, have you ever get seen your face the, live from from home on the screen? And have you ever seen the movie Idiocracy? <laughs> Dude, so like, are you kidding me? So that brother, is what we're living in right now. My brother, this my, is one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever that people have not heard about. Dude, my and it's brother, just human regression back to like two two months ago. My brother called me and goes, "Dude, have you ever seen Idiocracy?" I said, "No." So he said, "Look it up on YouTube." I did, and there. So he, I said, "Why?" I said, why? He goes, dude, I just watched a whole, I think it was like a f- f- baseball game. Yeah. And he said there was all cardboard cutouts in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, now watch Idiocracy and you'll know what I'm talking about. Dude, it was like so oh my God. true. Whoever wrote that movie, I'm like. It's 20 years old too. Yeah, it's- dude. It's like crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I, if you ever if you ever get a chance to watch the full movie Idiocracy. Maybe dude, that's going to be, we're going to. Steal something like that for our uh, logo for this thing or yeah, something. Yeah, dude, it's like of the human going backwards down. Oh my god! And it's not like it's the I'm the first person the evolutionary to ladder. That. Yeah, it's not like I'm the first person to notice or my brothers that idiocracy. I'm sure it's been out there in the mainstream. People talk about it, but you know, it, I mean, and not enough. Or they don't talk about it enough. Every once in a while, I hear somebody bring that up, and I'm like, thank you. That's exactly the movie that should be playing in every theater across the country right now. But then the funny thing is, is that there's a lot of people like you and I, I'm not saying we're special, but we think outside the box quite often. And I think there's more of us out there than we realize, you know, people that want to be. Yeah, but we, we ourselves live in a community that's got, keeps a lid on it. And it's pretty different. People don't think very far outside the yeah. box up I, here. I would say up here we've got our own micro. Rural Minnesota. We're in northwestern Minnesota, 10 miles from Canada. So yeah. I would say we're micro. Uh, we have a microclimate for weather, and we also have a micro political climate. Oh, wow. Honestly, microclimate for weather, too. I, well, it's been said that we have a microclimate up here. It's you more, know, that's uh, the farm. That's it's more relative to uh, to coastal weather, yet we get the cold. That's why we have so much snow on some years. Other years, not so much, but yeah. I, yeah, and a micro-political climate, for I, sure. For too. sure, yeah. We, like, honestly, you know, the Great Recession of 08, you know, you remember that up here? <laughs> Everybody was living in the streets and... Living in the streets. <laughs> Dude, they'd say we have a micro-economy up here because we have Polaris. We've got... Well, maybe most, maybe that's, any small town has their own small economy even when this covid started happening some towns are printing their own money that could only be used in their own towns i'm not i'm not for that and, at all dude well we do it here we got rozo i don't believe that's like that's like we got rozo we've talked about this before yeah but we've talked about the same thing i think it was a city out west somewhere and they just yeah they had a store of money 
company money. Yeah, thir- yeah, company money. Yeah, for like the company towns from all back in the day, yeah, the building the dams, towns, mining towns, Hold on a logging camps, probably. I mean, oh jeez, yeah, the micro community. What, dude? <laughs> so brats, brats. Yeah. What? What do you got cooking then? What's so? What's cooking with peace grenades here? What's, what's cooking with yeah. peace grenades? We're just getting ready for deer season. You guys actually have <laughs> some apparel that's available for deer season? No, we don't. We don't. You don't? We don't have. We don't sell much for blaze orange. Deer deer season isn't really our go-to uh, demographic of hunters. We do get re- people that want an orange hat, but that's about it. No, we're we're. So you're, you're we're, staying pretty busy with the with the actual screen printing and the orders coming in. Staying busy, nice. yeah. Nice. Okay, busy so, enough, but yeah. So I'm working gonna, for myself, where I can sneak off early on a Friday too if I got my work done. So. Oh, so you you are gonna go hunt? Oh yeah. Where the hell do you hunt at? Hunt at like, home there, or do you guys have a place you go? No, no, I'm not allowed to shoot any animals in our yard. My wife says that's they're just for watching, and I'm okay with that. that. I'm okay with that too. I'm I agree with the same thing. I don't need to be you know, killing. I was raised three deer on, hey, that here's walk the thing. in my yard. I was raised on the premise from both my stepdad, my mom, and my real dad, growing up with guns around. You know, obviously, um, I was raised on the premise when you're in it, essentially. Anywhere the grass is mowed. Anywhere public-ish. Anywhere the grass is mowed, unless it was a BB gun. Because, <laughs> you, you know, obviously you don't, you're don't you not going to venture out into the state forest with a BB gun when you're seven. Yeah. But after we graduated to the higher-powered rifles and the shotguns, if you were in the yard, that gun was to be unloaded and it was never to be used to shoot anything in the yard. Yeah. Unless it was for self-defense, which... Back then when I was growing up, that wasn't a thing because <laughs> you lived here we in the lived country, in the 1980s yeah. and I lived in the country and I never even, I guess just... If somebody make, came to your door, they probably needed help. Yep. <laughs> You're not so, pulling uh, a gun on them right so away. In light of, okay, so I, in light of what you got cooking with peace grenades and stuff, I kind of wanted to, I got a little surprise for our listeners. Um, no. Well, I'm going, I'm traveling somewhere this week, but... Um, I, I, I can talk about it when I get back and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, bring some goodies back (laughs) (laughs) quite possibly, quite possibly. (laughs) We'll have to see. It's going to be great to find out where Levi goes on his adventure next week. I'll be leaving tomorrow morning and I'm coming back. I'll be back Thursday and hopefully we can record again, uh, next week. So what, what do you want to try to do every Tuesday here, huh? Yeah. I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, doesn't Joe Rogan do every day? Oh my God, dude. we're not that, we have shit we got to do, we have other jobs and stuff we Jobs and lives and kids and... Yeah, yeah so, you know, I, farms. I, guess, I guess to introduce myself a little bit more for anybody that cares to listen to this thing, you know, it's kind of a hobby, this thing is pretty much a hobby for now, um, but, you know, also we want to get a word out that we can be united in the United States of America here. I always knew that Bratz had a little bit of opposing views to myself, I'm more of a conservative um, with with an open mind and also an open heart. Oh, um, and I'm the radical left with the closed heart. No, you are heart. not the freaking radical left, <laughs> dude. I like I I, I respect highly his his uh, view on things. Even though he's got a different way to portray him, sometimes I I, I get where he's coming from a lot. Ninety nine percent of the time, you just gotta have, have an open mind about some more things than people do in general. You know, I mean. So you don't know everything yet. It's you're never too old to learn something new or change, right. change your mind or, you know, 
so, humans have progressed and progressed and progressed. We just got to figure out the most efficient way to keep progressing. That's the only yep. real issue, whether that's in so, politics or agriculture or yeah, oil and you know energy, the energy department. Like yeah, we got to try keep progressing as a human culture and and do it in the best way possible. That's. So, so That's I just my political view. So, what, one thing that gave me the idea, me and Bratz also, it was kind of a, kind of a collusion, we'll say, and then not Russian collusion either. Well. It was kind of a collusion of a, of a, of a. I think we were both kind of thinking the same thing, me and Bratz. We just didn't know it. We always had these interesting conversations about politics when I'd come in here to these grenades. We're in. Always ended up being an hour-long conversation, you know, and <laughs> but we never argued. We always were just like touche, touche, you know. Yeah, that makes kind of sense. A, I can, th- I can understand that, you uh, know, type of thing. Or yeah, so even if that, even if you think that's bullshit, you go, this is why I think this. And but then we never sat and got really hung up on any of it. So you know what came about was what really caught my interest about Bratz as a person. And people can think what they want about me. I don't. Th- this <laughs> is interesting stuff to me. As I was in here one time, and he had this. Oh you, man, you, you can talk about North House Folk School. <laughs> if you if you look at Bratz, you know, if if I was from say uh didn't and never been to Rozo and I walked in here, I'd be like, God, look at this dude. Like What does that mean? Be honest. Dude, look at this. He's got a big old beard, long hair. He looks like honestly, he looks like he lives in a cabin in the woods by himself. Yeah, he's got to live on eight acres in the country with chickens. Bratz has got a pretty original, classic look of of a guy that you know, it doesn't do... I'm trying to pull off Jeff Bridges in the big Lebowski, <laughs> so, you know? So, anyways... If I had a robe on I know a white Bratz. Russian right now, I'd, yeah, I think I I'd know do Bratz. him justice. I know him, and he had this flyer from some goofy camp up in Northeast Minnesota. What was it called again? <laughs> it's not a goofy camp. It, they teach traditional skills to anybody okay, so that wants to come learn. Go, it's called a folk school. Yep, you can go up there and learn all in kinds Grand Marais, of stuff. the North House Folk School, they teach you how yep. to weave baskets not just ba- it's not just bad don't they make have, it sound like it's dude, basket that's something they do they weave baskets make canoes build uh shelters i, I like mean, the canoes dye clothing like traditional so, traditional skill sets making snowshoes and how to can and yep so that's and that's cool i i'm so I look at this brochure and he's got basket weaving circled literally with a pencil. <laughs> like he was sitting up here reading it. I don't know if I had basket <laughs> weaving. Maybe like the canoe making. But they got woodworking and I mean they it, you but know it was cool. Old so, school cooking and and traditional lefsa and foods and how to make them and yeah, they So do. here here's the thing. The fact that Bratz goes out of his way to go do something that you know, typically in America now you got people that are all they want to do they're 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 it seems like they, they're just all they care about is the almighty dollar. You know, this was something for, for Bratz to be like, I want to learn how to do this as a skill. Would it financially benefit him in any way, shape, or form? Absolutely not. Maybe here's if the there's po- global uh, zombie apocalypse and we got to learn how to make a build basket and again and build a canoe again. <laughs> so anyways, shit. I mean, what probably I'm saying start is, a fire and fucking can some food wouldn't be dumb. What I'm saying is Bratz doesn't go out of his way to be somebody he's not, you know, and that was pretty impressive. You know, you're, uh, you're just who you are, man. Well, that's and so I people should be. I know? thought it would be a good idea. And so that makes me respect his opinion more. Because he is who he is, and so then what happens is we kind of form a, a kind of a 
little bit of a what do you call it when a two hockey uh, a camaraderie or well, a bond? It's a camaraderie, or? but it's also a little bit of a like world versus Rozo. Oh, right? a rivalry. Like a rivalry, a political. Not like a civil union. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck a civil union is, man. <laughs> That's when people get married or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyways, it's like a rivalry, but it was a friendly rivalry to where this is the way. Chance of war. So That's how people think up here. Still, Leva, how old are you? I'm like 39, just about. Th- 39. He's still tra- relating back to our grade school rivalries with the. competing towns okay that's that's small town that's small town so so check this out (laughs) what it is is what i realized is america what we've lost is when we have in diff we have differences okay we've got differences and and brats feels a certain way about politics but what we are is we're we're, we're gentlemen about it honestly we probably don't look like gentlemen because we don't wear like suits and ties and shit and hats like the, the the dress hats that guys used to wear back but no. here's the thing we're gentlemen about it we're gentlemanly about it because we have a common common goal here is to survive as a as a nation and well not saying we're nationalists but to survive as what does that mean oh i mean just survive as an honestly uh, honestly i think what we really want is the best for our kids in the future yeah that's absolutely both, that's you know, what so, everybody should so want. i i tend to lean to the right because that's just the way I am. I don't know if it's my military background or what. I was in the Marine Corps for four years, went to combat, been shot at, whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever, you know, like th- it's uh, nothing. Just there, well, been shot at, whatever. There's a lot of life experiences that happen that form and shape who you are. It, but it doesn't mean that other people have to be like you. You know, <laughs> no. had a truck driver. I, we got a D6 getting delivered out to Molung for my brother. For people that don't know. That's a bulldozer. There you go. And I got to go out there here in about 20 minutes and make sure the thing for some reason i i get uh technically i don't work for my brother but i get selected <laughs> to manage some things for him so i got a lot of irons in the fire a little bit more about myself i i, I do work I, I have a background in the pipeline oil and gas business um and that was another thing that i wanted to do with brats here was he's more towards green energy and but he's got a really um common sense approach towards it he's not this pushy <laughs> You know, this pushy, you know, you have to do this by 2025. I don't have all the answers or really any of the answers, but I have an idea that we should probably try wean back or keep it in reserve. I mean, there's no rule that we have to use all the oil right as fast as we can produce it. it. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I come from the oil and gas business and and, um, with a pretty long history, and I've made a pretty good living off of it. And... uh, you know, I get caught up in a lot of politics. Just we've, especially as of late, with this pipeline they want to build here in Minnesota, and you know, being a union member, you get caught up in the crossfire of politics because you've got the right advocating for the construction of the pipeline. You got the left advocating for um, what do they call it? Endorsement of our union. I'm a union member. Into in you know, they're wanting us to vote for them. The right's wanting us to vote for them. This guy's wanting our vote. That guy's wanting our vote. And in between, you pretty soon you don't even know where that which direction you're going. I mean, because I I just had a union member call me the other day. Actually, she's she wants she was really cool. Did I tell you to talk to this gal? No. no. Shout out. Um, Shout out. I, her name's Brittany something. Um, I can't say her last name because I don't think that's appropriate. But I I, I got to get her when we get this thing posted. I got to get her. Um, 
to sign off. Well, no, I no. Or what? No, I don't think she would care about that. She was pretty cool. She was she was an environment. Something we also got to be careful about well, talking was, shit about. I know certain she, people. She was kind of an environmentally activist, but she was working uh, kind of under for the union at the time or something. Yeah. But she wanted. She, what she was doing is she was working, doing, I think it was volunteer work, and she was working for, like, the Democrats. You yeah. Know, doing call-outs to union members, because we're supposed to be Democrats. Oh, You know, really? union members are supposed to be, you know, traditionally Democrats. And she, she I, I had never gotten a call like that before. I thought it was kind of fishy at first, like, what's going on? They Who's tried this? To, yeah. yeah, you know, but she sounded really nice, and she knew I was talk. really nice to her. I said, oh, I'm really glad you called, you know. And then it opened up a dialogue, and she said, well, do you do you need to know any information about any of the candidates in Minnesota? Do you know who you're voting for? I said, well, right now I'm voting for whoever is going to, whoever is not in the way of line three, which, Bratz, I know oh, you disagree you with that. <laughs> so anyway, well, I had to put it out there, right? Dial that line back. Okay, so she goes, well, I, she, so so here's how this works, right? She goes, well... My candidate, which is a Democrat, I can't remember who, Tina Smith or something or whatever, you know. Sure. Tina um, Turner. Whatever goes, she she endorsed. She's been endorsed by the union. I said, which union? Well, she said the laborers. I said, well, I'm in the pipeliners union. That's a different union. I'm not sure if we've endorsed anybody. So so, what her and I had discussed was, the. Where do you? There's a crossfire, and we're just regular people. Us union members, just regular Joes. We're just workers. Yeah. Our politicians want us to vote a certain way. Our union leadership usually wants us to vote Democrat. But our checkbooks want us to vote Republican, oh. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, why would you, Why would the union do anything that would be well, because, so making what, you less money? Uh, what happens is, you know? the, what happens is the... The union lobbies, they have we have paid lobbyists that we actually pay out of our dues. Yeah, to go argue to for go, you. To go argue for us for, for collective bargaining. Are you familiar with that? No. Well, for collective bargaining, which means that, you know, we, we kind of keep our fingers in legislature as a union to make to ensure that people are getting a fair wage, people are getting benefits, people are getting this, you know, getting treated right. I'm 100% for that. But as a, as a regular person... You bargain for the collective... Yeah, right. Yeah, gotcha. But as a regular person that understands capitalism and that understands how economics work, dude, idiot. <laughs> so that understands how economics work, I, I, I don't need somebody to do my thinking for me, okay? Where is this money going to come from to keep our union going? We have to continue to progress financially as a union. We can't just say, well... Vote the Democrats, they're going to make green jobs. But it has to be financially... It yeah, has but some... It, you know, if there is going to be a flip at all or a dialing back and a uh, turning up of green energy and a dialing back of oil, like, yeah, there's going to be companies that are going to struggle and they're going to have to, you know, there'll be a in, few that stay, but there'll be this few that are going to not make it anymore and have to diversify and yep, do something and, else and or change their plan yeah and this reinvest. is a, and this is something that, that, that it's got a little something to do with this little surprise i want to announce next week um you know pending some some uh, approvals <laughs> and stuff but uh you know it, it all falls in the line here with this little series we're going to do about the, uh, our green energy oil slash debate it, it's all it's it's gonna it, hopefully we can get some listeners and we can get the get some people on the edge of their seats, um, you know, because everything's going to fall together here, you know, with with uh, with the show and 
and uh, kind of what we got, I got going on for work. And then also I farm on the side, you know, I got kind of farm a couple, you know, thousand acres or whatever it is. Oh. And uh, I seem to be a pretty, pretty busy guy, but you know, the big thing is, is with this uh, podcast is that we just want to. And do you still race snowmobiles? Um, I think this year I would like to, um, the farm didn't do the greatest this year. I was planning on buying a, a new, I got into the, well, my daughter and I both race snowmobiles together. She's 12, 11. I don't even know. She was Different snowmobiles. In, she was born in, no, she races. Not two up. No. <laughs> Not two up. They don't no, really no, 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 no. We're, like on, we're together, on different but. sleds. Yeah. Um, she races in the juniors 10 to 13. And I race in the sport class and I race semi-pro. But And Levi's uh, third line center on our old timers hockey team. So he <laughs> does got line. a lot of irons in the fire. Third line center. Oh man, yep. and our season got cut short last yeah. year after Levi's highlight. That's another real goal. big up and coming thing too, is I heard uh, not off the subject of snowmobiles. We'll get back to that in a second. But <laughs> another big announcement. This is might just be a rumor, but I heard there might be an old timers tournament in actually over new year's oh uh, an no early joke. oldies yep oh uh, well it wouldn't be an early one it'd actually be a what do they call the nhl condensed season i don't know what so we would have our year. version of a condensed like campbell's soup yeah like a condensed, condensed version of the old timers tourney in march in new year's but i that may have been a rumor um we'll have to talk to the organizers and see what the deal talk is with that the organizers but it, it wasn't going to be an early one it was going to be last year's done well it wasn't last summer supposed to be a reunion that was canceled yeah so, so they want to make it like that did you hear something about it no mm-hmm. but i can imagine okay that's what's happening so, and then the one in march hockey reunion and and then the one in march was still going to be a thing too this coming 2021 just trying to make the christmas one a little bit bigger which yeah the town we live in rozo is uh uh, bleeds hockey. That's it's like it, football in Texas is hockey up here. And, I literally and was working out in New York about ten years ago, out in uh, Buffalo, New York, big hockey country out there too. And I was working with another. He was an operator. He's equipment operator, and he we were you know pipeline jobs. Believe it or not, you get a lot of time to bullshit, and that's probably why I'm so full of shit now. But <laughs> this guy was kids played hockey out in Buffalo. You know they live in kind of a it's a big pretty big metro area out there and. He asked me where I was from. I said, Rozo. He said, I know where that is. And I said, you you do not. He goes, yeah, I do. He pulled up pictures on his phone of the freaking Rozo Memorial Arena. He goes, this is one of the places I want to bring my kids before they graduate high school to go play hockey. No shit. He said, I want them to get in a tournament or play for an all-star team or, or do whatever. I want them to skate on this ice. I said, what do you mean? He goes, dude, dude, this is like the mecca of hockey. I'm like. Legendary ice. Ah, yeah. You know, and he goes, Rozo and Warroad, right? And I was like. Son dude. of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, All the way know? out here. Yeah, dude. It was in Buffalo, New York. I, was working, I mean, he was out a local here. out there. But anyways, back to the snowmobile racing. So this year, I've got a two, two-year-old two race sled, and it's it's getting a little ragged out. It, I raced uh, my, my dream, lifelong goal as a kid. Number one, I wanted to be a farmer. I wanted to be a welder, and I wanted to race in the I-500. Are you kidding me? You're hitting them all down yeah, there, so, but you got to get in that I-500 this year, Well, baby. I raced in the I-500 last year. Oh, no shit. I, I was 10 miles from finishing the first two. I was going to say, isn't that where you got hung up in a tree or something no. in the woods, or what no, happened? I was finished. I, I was on the first day one. It's two 250-mile loop. Sorry, two 250-mile days, Saturday and Sunday. I was 10 miles from Goodridge finishing my first 250-mile loop, and my sled just, the engine just demolished, ate itself. Okay? <laughs> so 
I mean, it was going slower than shit, man. I was getting passed by like the juniors. Yeah. Like I knew something was up. <laughs> you know? Well, there's a. But what happened dude, at the there, races before that? Well, when I was you're running like shit by the whatever. juniors. Sled <laughs> <laughs> so was run, still running like shit. Shut up. So, anyways. So, anyways, I, I got on a straightaway right before it blew up, and I knew shit was going down. I was pinned wide open. I could barely get the sled over 60 miles an hour. And I got passed by some half-throttle juniors, which is slightly embarrassing, but whatever. It's whatever. Everybody's out there struggling and battling at one point in time or another. I had just crashed before that, too. So, And when you when, let me, mind you, when you're in a cross-country snowmobile race and you're in the fucking middle of nowhere, and you fucking crash and go over the bars and shit and just... Like 70 miles an hour, <laughs> right? There's fucking nobody uh, around. <laughs> so you were saying you were a little bit shaken up at the moment? Well, a little bit. What? I had a neck brace on. Luckily, my wife makes me wear this uh, EVS pretty high dollar neck brace, you know, because I got, I've had neck. I used to race motocross too when I was younger and I cracked. I broke my neck one time. I, my C1 vertebrae has been damaged. Anyways, so I. That's another needless story. Needless to say, I, I, I. I'm, I'm racing the snow. I'm getting passed by these juniors, whatever. I really don't have an ego to protect. So I'm like, whatever. These little bastards want to pass me. That's fine. I know for a fact that... I could beat them up at the end of the race. Well, yeah, whatever, you know. I'm like, I'm like old <laughs> enough to be their dads, honestly. So I get 10 miles from this. I had no idea where the fuck I was even at. If I was <laughs> I going north or south, or it was cloudy. You can't see shit. And I was wide open. The sled just started running really good all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe it's going to come out of it, which never happens on a fucking snowmobile. <laughs> come <laughs> so out of it. Maybe it's going to come out of it, you know. Next thing I know, fucking steam, just an explosion under the hood. And I'm like, that is not, like, usually when you hear about s- snowmobiles, like, even out on the lake or anybody that rides a snowmobile, fucking blows up. It doesn't literally blow up. Like, it's not like... <laughs> You, know, yeah. like, <laughs> you don't just like a grenade like yeah. blew up in the no ditch, no usually it's like the no, engine seizes, like, up, yeah, melts seizes together. up and then the track locks up and you kind of go over the bars or whatever you know well this thing literally blew up like the hood almost blew off it and everything blew well, the bolts blew right the out or... off of it hmm. and shit cooling everywhere i thought it was going to start on fire dude even <laughs> so he started running <laughs> there was this farmer to watch in the race you know you know how you get the farmers and shit to sit on the ground yeah, sit on the side of the road and watch so he i, I pulled i luckily the sled did coast because the belt and everything blew like it was it demolished this thing so i i was able to coast the sled up kind of by the shoulder of the road and he pulled up he's like what happened i said i have no idea you know i pulled the side panels off make sure the sled wasn't going to burn up into a ball of flames because it looked like it was gonna and then i uh and then i, I said where the fuck am i <laughs> <laughs> he starts laughing he's like you're uh da, 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 you're nine miles out of goodridge which is where i was trying to get and he's like i said he said where you need a ride <laughs> <laughs> well you're in the ditch yeah he said you need a ride i said yeah actually yeah you know you don't realize you've been riding a sled for roughly 240 miles Right, you don't realize that your whole back is covered in frost. You're 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 soaked from yeah. snow and sweat, and and your goggles are everything's drenched, and and your eyes are just like you know, I mean it, it's a quite an experience. So, I uh, I got back and of course we loaded the sled up and everything and I was done. You know, and I, my goal in life was to race in the I five hundred. It's not so much do well in the damn thing. I I could give a shit less. Obviously, I don't want to get nobody likes to get last. So you just checked ask it Jake off your knows that. Oh, <laughs> so anyways, we're gonna edit that. We're not calling out Jake Brandt. No, we're not. We gotta, we gotta pull that out. Anyways, <laughs> nobody likes to get last. So we, 
I decide that night, my wife's talking to me, and she's like, well, you're going to finish this race season, and you're going to be done. And I said, oh, I can't, you know. She said, well, why? And I said, well, because I have to do this I-500. I want to do it before I, because they, they have classes. You got sport class and semi-pro is what I race. I race two classes. So I, I get points in two classes when I do a race. What I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to race in the I-500 before I could sign up for the vet class. Because when you do vet class, it's kind of degrading at that point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to say, well, I did the I-500 and, well, it was the vet class. It, not that it's any not like slower. military veteran, like oh, they call elder, it, yeah, the, yeah. The older I think, racers. I think they call it forty plus. Yeah, forty plus. Forty plus class. The veteran class. Yeah, so you know, it's not. That You're it's, not expected to win anymore. You can race in the veteran class. Yeah. Uh, on a side note, on that same race, it's like playing old timers hockey. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I I was out there running with a guy that was in vet class. He's like sixty years old, and uh, I passed him. Then he passed me, and then I passed him. He must have had some mechanical issues. I think he blew a belt. <clears throat> went by him and then you know it's just those guys are out there because they love to race and ride snowmobiles honestly that's what yep. cross-country snowmobile racing is about is about really just riding snowmobiles and, and trying to and, and like to go a little fast so what i learned about racing cross-country was i thought it'd be this hyped up you know pressure this crazy pressure like everybody's watching type of situation but it's not you get out there by yourself and it's a me- it's it's one of the best mental games i've ever played with myself mental test yep it is it, it is because sorry you, you you take um i raced in park rapids that was my first and you were new to it also so, well yeah so it's uh you know fresh to you and everything's yep. kind of a new adventure and so what you start to learn to do is if i was 20 years old i for sure would have hurt myself bad racing snowmobiles but i'm 38 i was 38 years old at the time last year it was my second year racing um i had raced i had raced stuff before but what I learned was what I really enjoyed about snowmobile cross country snowmobile racing was the, the 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 mental toughness. It wasn't so much the physical; it's the it's the mental. Um, I guess the game of learning when you can apply your throttle. You it's got to be both. It's got to be a mix of both the mental and the physical. Because man, five hundred miles of ditch bang and up snow- and over crossings and to keep a machine together a that long. on your body. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine I could get out of bed the next well, day after it, day one. It's there's got to be quite a few people that aren't <laughs> don't want to get out of bed yeah. the next day. And I think there's four but. or five races leading up to the I-500 that kind of build you up to it. You you wouldn't want to go in in December 2nd and say, we're going to do 500-mile race. Honestly, Park Rapids, I was so sore after. There was a 250-mile race. That thing got so rough, and it was in the woods. It was crazy. There was people <laughs> darted all over in the woods. I was so sore after that first race last year. Yeah. I could hardly get out of my pickup. Okay? <laughs> but I did the 250 or 240 miles on the I-500. I wasn't even sore. because I had Total had, difference. You kind of get a little seasoned after a few races. And you sh- a guy should be working out, which I don't. I eat freaking Snickers and drink energy <laughs> drinks. Because I farm, you know, so constantly. I get about five hours of sleep a night, and I'm out ditching in the swamp and doing field work, and then I'm working for my company that I work for. Living I'm, off coffee and a headset. Yeah, so, but yeah, so anyways, uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we will talk about all kinds of cool, interesting shit, like snowmobile racing, and and uh, we, so. we even do flashbacks, you know, about living in Roseau back in the day, and you know, Bratz is a pretty interesting feller when it comes to stories and I thought flashbacks like when the yeah, yeah. 
from the old trips when you ate a lot of acid and it I just did, leaks I back never, out. I never did that. Jesus. <laughs> Timothy Leary over here. Oh, my God. Man. I don't even know who the fuck that is. Yeah, so that tells you who Levi is. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Leary was, I don't know if he's in the 60s or 70s. He led the LSD movement, but no, not that type of is flashback. Is he still alive? No, I don't think he's alive. I'm sure he, I, I'd have to look that up. I don't know if he melted his brain to mush. Quite a I don't while think, ago I'm not sure is that a thing a bridge, with LSD. Yeah, I'm to an extent for sure. I thought sure. you couldn't OD on some of this. Well, you can't. I, I mean, yeah, some some drugs you can't OD on, like pot. Who's ever heard of somebody ODing on pot unless you? Yeah, I don't know. Had a bale of it fall what about on mushrooms? you or something. Mushrooms, mm, mushrooms. I don't know. Yeah, you could probably have a pretty wicked seem like you OD, but. I don't think your body would let you. I think most you'd pe- puke it up, and 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 they're natural enough that you'd you'd have a wicked trip for a few hours, but you'd come out of it. I think most people that are would take that that eat mushrooms and stuff are experienced and self aware enough to where they're in it for mm. the experience rather than that's you, a total you would never, lie. You, Some people just eat them and really? fucking want to run around I, and just, act goofy. It's just and it's rare weird that I would me. see like you know how you look at some people like you might be somewhere like you you're not familiar and you see this guy and you're like he's a fucking meth head you know yeah. it's not like i've ever seen a guy and been like look at that fucking mushroom head <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know you see, if you go to certain music festivals you'd be you'd say that probably whoa dude looks like a toad or something he looks like he fell in a mushroom patch but yeah i don't know you can't pick that like out yeah meth head's got a distinct look but psychedelic trippers are probably wearing you know uh corduroy sh- shorts or something and see i'm not good at picking that stuff out though like if i see you know just tie-dye if Get i some tie-dye i know but if i see a guy wearing a tie-dye shirt i'm not like yeah he's for sure on mushrooms no and he isn't for sure on mushrooms but he, probably, he might not he, he, he might have tried them once but that, that guy wearing a tie-dye giveaway. he might have done some good stuff back in the back in the 60s and whatever but he may have, <laughs> he, he probably hasn't touched drugs or alcohol in 20 years you never know you, so yeah, you got a background on Levi. That's my expertise. I'm a small business owner here in Rosa too, but yeah, I had a, you know, went to college and a few years of experimenting with some psychedelics and making some uh, bad choices and good choices and bad choices all together. They led me to here, but I wouldn't. Yeah, say- so we'll chit chat about all that. We'll chit chat about drugs and the economy and politics and sports and. Snowmobile racing, farming, farming, yeah, absolutely farming and making it uh, more efficient. How come I gotta taste the pesticides when they spray the field by my house and things like that? You can't taste them for oh, God's sake. You can taste them for miles. Oh, you mean I can, when they spray even, them? Yeah, even when you're driving your pickup, and yeah, I can but, tell. Yeah, all of a sudden, I go, "Oh, somebody's spraying over there." I can just smell it. In yeah, my but here's vehicle, the question: You gotta you make it two more miles, and you see somebody spraying the field. It's like, oh, son of a bitch, there he is. Here's the question: You gotta ask it. yourself, though. Can you taste it in your food? <laughs> <laughs> Can you taste it in your food? Because that's all that your matters, bread. your chemically grown food. I am just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's something we, we can talk about, too. That's something we that needs to be talked about. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, because, you know, if we don't talk about this stuff, what's I mean, going to happen is both sides get ramped up and ramped up, and you got the people like me that are farmers that we feel like we need these chemicals, especially on a year like this year where our bug pressure was so bad that we would have literally lost every one of our crops out here this year if we wouldn't have had insecticides. Now, 
Why are the insects so bad is the next we question. We don't know. And, I, you know, I thought about that. You know, the grasshoppers were so bad south of town here, they literally decimated some fields. Gone. All gone. The plague. They, they ate them right down to the stems, the soybeans. And I've never even heard of grasshoppers eating soybeans so before. what's supposed to eat the grasshoppers? Crows right. or something? So one thing that, as farmers, we, we watch the land a lot. You know, we're actually stewards of the land. Hopefully. Good stewards. We try to be. And because we're trying to make things live and grow. For years, yes, forever. So you just can't deplete your land. So what? So what? We you know just for for example, grasshoppers. We but seems like for the last three years we've been getting them up here, worse than usual. Um, what we look for is we look for we hope and pray for seagulls. Um, seagulls. I know a friend of mine was farming out here, and he I think two years ago, he actually, you know him. I'm not going to say his name. Yeah. Um, he actually noticed the seagulls were out there so he scouted his field scouting means he went out and walked his field and he's noticed grasshoppers and he actually this is how f- most farmers are up here now he held off on spraying it mm-hmm. and he let the seagulls go to work and it worked weird okay so that's how most of us are so we don't should be see the thing them. of it is when you look at farming as a, as a business we don't want to go out there and spray it that's the last thing we want to do because it costs so much per acre every time you go over that field. The chemical costs money. Those are inputs that are taken out of off of our table. So we don't want to spray it. Yeah, but if the grounds don't have nutrients, you're spraying fertilizer also because your um, plants are constantly pulling all the nutrients yep. out and getting harvested. Yep. So and you got to both spray for bugs and, and also spray a chemical to keep them growing. Yep, so there, 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 there's all kinds. So another innovative thing that's come up in the past 20 years is this, this, the style of tillage. Um, you know, I, I try to be no-till, so I'm, I'd be considered a conservation farmer, but um, as I've told Bratz, you know, I've this year I've had to stray from my my uh, <coughs> beliefs a little bit and, and, and use some different methods that <coughs> that I don't like to use, but you gotta do what you gotta do to be profitable too. You're running a business, but that doesn't mean your end game still isn't to be a con- like a, uh, 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 environmentally sustaining farm. Our end game, every farmer's end game should be that because in the end, you know, we're, there is some farming techniques that have came through. I don't know if you know about vertical tillage. There's, there's some techniques that have conserved residue and plant material at the top and everybody up here is implementing them. They don't even realize it. Um, a lot of farmers don't. A lot of this stuff works very well and is successful for growing really good crops and maintaining um, you know, maintaining surface protection on the top. And, uh, but it's, it's a slow fricking process. And brats, I agree with you. Uh, the pesticides, I could smell them all summer. It was really bad this summer because what happened was we had army worms. You knew about the army worms, right? I didn't see much for army worms this year. You My didn't? house had wicked flies. I had fertilizer spread out natural fertilizer oh. spread out on the field oh. by my house and it rotted and it smelled like I forgot a about cow that. barn and my house was covered like the plague in black flies my wife's white vehicle was literally okay that won't be a great thing in the morning like almost probably 10 flies on a square inch you know just and that was, was natural nuts. that was like a natural uh natural compost yeah natural compost it was spread out on the field but it wasn't tilled in till late in the summer and, and it, yeah, reeked. It, it reeked and it bred flies so 
Yeah, I mean, that's a natural way, and I'm the one that's wanting it to be the natural way. <laughs> and and you now paid all for of a sudden, it. yeah, I paid for it with fly shit covered on my garage door and my siding I'm sorry, and Brox. my windows. I will and... apologize. Hey, I will apologize. <laughs> but I was I was all for it. I thought that was a great, great thing when I saw everything getting spread out there. So I, I, I will apologize for the guy that that I know. I, yeah. I, he, no, I, I like I like the farmer that did it. I think he practices good farming practices. Yeah. But. So so in the end game, you know, Brats, the, the pesticide thing is something that we, moving forward, you know, I wish these Dagon chemical com- companies would, we're not the only, we're the ones that, you know, when I was spraying, but we call it bug dope or bug spray. Yeah. When I was spraying bug spray in large volumes this year, I had to do it too. Um, not quite so much as some of these other guys that were really suffering with the army worms. They just decimated crops. But, I, we don't like dealing with if farmers had a cha- if if I had an option or a choice to not have to deal with with uh, with uh, chemical with this with with the killing chemical I can't remember what it's called. Well, because they're good for some things, but they got to be bad for plenty of other well, critters and insects. The thing that is, is us farmers don't want to kill every organism that's that's a living organism on our planet. There, <coughs> there's one thing you need to remember: we're not run by any big corporations. Bayer doesn't run my farm. I, I get to decide who runs my land. And what happens is when I see that there's a, a threshold, a, so many bugs per plant, I go out there and I say, I, I got to spray. What you need to do is weigh, weigh the, the, the benefits of spraying versus that there is, there is bad things that happen when you spray a pesticide on. And us farmers know that we, there's beneficials. There's beneficial bugs out there yep. that poop on the plant there you and, go. and provide benefits. But when you get a, a army worms that decimate a crop in three days, it'll decimate 160 acres. Yeah, but for some reason they're popping up instead of the other ones. So we'll do it. We'll talk beneficial mm-hmm. bugs that are versus uh, you know destructive bugs and yep. all sorts of things. Levi's gonna have uh, Levi's gonna have a surprise for us on our next week's podcast. We're gonna chat more about farming and some new techniques and uh, hopefully get to the bottom of uh, some issues in the industry. So yep. We'll have we'll have some good stuff. So I guess that's uh, that's it. That's our kind of our introductory uh, episode. That's going to be our intro episode once again. Kevin Broughton and Levi Novacek, Peace Grenades Apparel in Roseau, Minnesota. We're going to keep coming to you, and hopefully, y'all keep listening. All right, take it easy. Be peaceful to one another. Thank you. Had the truck driver. I, we got a D six getting delivered out to Molong for my brother. For people that don't know, that's a bulldozer. There you go.